Uh, it's a pleasure and an honour to be here this morning. Um, yeah, Josh, thanks for the invitation, and, and uh, yeah, I uh, really appreciate the work that you're doing in, in, in shepherding this congregation here, and we ask God's blessing upon you in that role. Um, it's nice to have sunshine, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think it... I think to be Victorian is actually to think, oh, gee, it would be nice to move up north, wouldn't it? Uh, some of us get the chance to travel up there now. Uh, but but we, we feel like it's a bit of a grind, isn't it? And the and we just need to uh, have some sunshine to, to find out, you know, just warm up within. Um, particularly coming from Thailand, I think this is our second winter now and we've found it, it it's, it's bitterly cold. Uh, Jody and I were on our walk the other morning uh, at the back of Donvale and uh, there's this spectacular image of, and it was one of these frosty mornings, minus two, whatever it was, there was ice um, all on the side of the mountain uh, and yet where the sun was, it, um, it had all melted. And it was this beautiful image of, of, uh, of, of when we encounter Christ, uh, it, it melts our heart. We're warmed up, aren't we? And, 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 and this morning, I just want to talk about how, how our encounter with Christ leads to people who are compassionate, who are, who are, who are open, um, to the brokenness of the world because we know that Jesus is in the midst of it. We know that, that the love of God is, is melting away. Uh, the brokenness of the world. As we begin this morning, may we just take a moment of prayer, silent prayer, to just close our eyes and just allow the loving warmth of, of God's embrace, his love, his compassion for us uh, to melt us this morning. So we'll just take 30 seconds to meditate on God's loving gaze upon us. As the sun melts the ice, so too, Jesus, your love melts our hearts. You take us hearts of, of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh. And may we be people this morning who welcome your love, your kindness and your delight in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jodie gave a little bit of a background of the context where we lived for her 14 years. Um, it, it was a, a neighbourhood that had a freeway that went over the top of it. As you drove across the freeway, you could very quickly just have a glance down and, and uh, just see all these houses um, densely packed together. And it, it looked a mess. From the freeway, it wasn't that pretty to look at. Uh, but we had the experience, the opportunity and the blessing to live under that freeway and to immerse our lives in, in this world below the freeway where most people, um, well, to just, just travel across straight over the top of it, um, it, it was a well-known uh, community uh, for all the wrong reasons. It was, um, it was a celebrity person, a really well-known Thai person that posted... Um, Posted on their Facebook, Instagram thing, whatever it was, social media, 
and said, Bangkok is the, is the jewel in the crown of, of Thailand. Uh, Thais are very proud, rightly so. It's a beautiful country, beautiful people. Um, but this celebrity went on to say, except, they're mixing their metaphors a little bit. They said, except within Bangkok, this jewel is a tumour that needs to be removed. And this tumour was a reference to our slum community of Phong Thuy. Our neighbours read this and talked about it and were filled with shame, were filled with, with embarrassment that someone so, popu- so, so well known could say, you have no worth, no value, and you, we're better off without you. So poverty has the ability to, to strip the dignity and self-worth and distort the image of God within, within uh, people, isn't it? Poverty is, is not something that we, we can sit back and let um, destroy people's lives. And so I've got a short video here how God invited us into this place to join with Christ. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus says, Look, I have come. I have come to restore dignity. I have come to set the captives free. I have come to proclaim good news to the, to the poor that they are God's precious people. He sent me to proclaim uh, freedom for the uh, prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind. And so as, as God's church, this is our invitation to join with God in restoring this world. And what a joy and a privilege we have to join with God. I, would, I just want to show you the video which Jody's talk, talked about Second Chance, but it just it's really helpful in seeing uh, the, the journey that, that, that we were able to be on as we uh, walked alongside our neighbours and together uh, the joy of seeing what God can do when we commit to seeing um, God's kingdom come in our midst. Andrew, is that ready to, to be played? Just some of the uh, incredible people that we've had the, the, the blessing, um, yeah, to walk alongside. Um, some, of, some of the responses to what Second Chance had become a shelter, a second home, a uh, a community that enable people to grow and flourish, and that's our hope. I think, Jody, did you have? What would you add to the, to Second Chance? What what it, does it mean to you? Um, yeah, I think um, discovering that you're not alone in the world, and that yeah, that that value, and I think for, we discovered that for ourselves as well, not just for our neighbours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is, a, I, I believe, a picture of the, uh, what the church is to offer an alternative, to be a, to offer a narrative that is contrary to the, to the, to the lies of the world that you're not enough or you have to be this. Um, we, we, we're given a, um, a, a beautiful picture in, in Luke, um, chapter 10, where, uh, someone comes to Jesus, uh, a, um, an expert in the law, I believe. He says, what must I do to inherit the, the kingdom of God? And, and, and Jesus says, well, what do you mean? Um, you, you should know. You're an expert. 
Well, he goes, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. And he goes, well, you've answered correctly. Um, but then he needed to justify, well, who is my neighbour? And so Jesus launches into the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And we have the priest and the Levi, as we know. We're, I presume we're all familiar with this story. Who conveniently walk past. They had their the religious laws. If they had a touched a, a body that was was uh, potentially dead, then they would have to go into isolation and lockdown for seven days, where they were no good to their community. Where they had to go through a cleansing process, and so you can understand for them they're they're using this spiritual sort of language or spiritualizing their reason to not get involved. Now for us. We can identify, I guess, some ways. Well, I'm an important person. I've got important things to do. I've got things to attend to. People are relying on me. And I think Jesus is setting these guys up uh, to say, well, you may have the greatest responsibilities, but do you love your neighbour? And then along comes the Samaritan, the, the, the villain, if you like, according to the Jews, and Jesus creates the hero out of him. Where he, a person who is despised by the Jews, who is rejected, who is marginalised, who is forgotten, he becomes the hero because he stops and he loves his neighbour. He's the one who shows compassion. He's the one who saw, not an enemy, not a stranger, but the brokenness of the world. He was the one whose heart was melted by God's compassion. He was the one who was prepared to be inconvenienced, put himself, not just in a risky situation, but put the other person before him. He was the one to to love selflessly. So we have this Samaritan who Jesus elevates, this misfit, this foreigner, this alien, this person without status. And he raises him up above the respected and the highly regarded. Because why? Because of his compassion and his kindness. Because he's mercy that he showed to a hurting person, to a breaking world, broken world. Our, 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 our world desperately needs a compassionate church. We don't have to be a church that is right on issues. We don't have to be a church that, 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 that sings fantastic songs. But we're invited to be a church that imitates the compassionate Christ. Our, our journey of, of dwelling in a slum allowed us to, we, we got busy. We had things to do. And so we had to carve out every Thursday morning. We, we, we'd say, right, we're stopping the, we're stopping the busyness and we're just trying to give attention to what the Spirit is doing. 
And so we paired up and we went out in twos into our neighbourhood prayerfully. Lord, lead us to those who you want us to encounter this morning and going in faith. Not a difficult exercise, but an exercise that needed us to just stop. Um, it was pouring with rain, so I was walking under the freeway with, with, with my uh, colleague um, and we came across a couple of drunk men who said, come over here, we need to talk to you. There's someone we need to take you to. There's someone that needs your help. Now, we could have easily gone, drunk men, uh, probably not worth our time, but we gave ourselves to the situation. They led us uh, up these little laneways and, and took us to a, a, a tiny little shack, um, similar to that one there. I opened the door and inside this room, uh, on a filthy floor, was, was an, a man basically covered in his own mess, wearing an adult diaper, um, that we just found had been dropped off from by the hospital, by the ambulance, back to his shack to die. Without loved ones, without any kind of care or support. We realised that we needed to respond to this 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 man's situation. Jody's got a nursing background, so she and, and, and a woman you saw on the, the video, Oi, the second chance manager, Jody and I went and, and cleaned this, this guy up. And Jody, um, tended to his wounds. Uh, he was, he was, uh, somewhat semi-conscious, would you say, Jody? Um, really, really, not really sure who, what was happening. Jody started cleaning uh, his head and his hands and his his body just with you know soapy water, and Oi uh, took his feet and and said to Jody, said to the man, "I hope it's all right, but I want to wash your feet." Now, in in a Thai culture, um, the head is regarded as holy, the most holy place, the most uh, revered. And then the feet are considered the lowest um, and dirtiest place. Or touching the feet would be like defiling herself by the uncleanliness of of um, by, by this man. But she took his feet, and and as she she washed his feet, tears came running down her face. And and Jody looked up and saw tears on her face because what she was offering this man was elevation and saying, "You you are worthy of love and respect. To wash the feet of someone is is generally left for a priest or your your, your parents or someone you hold in high regards. And yet here is... Is Jody Noy offering this love and compassion to this man who nobody knows and is um, completely um, on his own? Jody looked at the man. He had eyes. He had tears running down his face, 
And in that moment, there was a sense of when Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. That God was in the, in their presence. Jody got the man into, a, into a, a wheelchair. They were able to find a wheelchair, put him at the doorway of his shack, got him something to, to eat, a little piece of bread, a little cup of, of milk or something it was, uh, and left him to go and organise uh, some bedding, clothing and support for the next few days. When I came back with some clothing an hour or so later with my daughter, there was a crowd that had gathered around the man. In one hand, he had his half-eaten piece of uh, bread. In his other hand, he had his little cup. But he was slumped over. And just moments earlier, he'd passed away. We, we, we told that story back at, at Second Chance. And the response was from our Buddhist friends, some of them who identify as following Christ. God wanted him to know he was loved. God wanted him to know that he had, that he was not forgotten. We are invited into, uh, invited to be people of compassion. We're invited to be people who love with tenderness and gentleness. You know, Jesus describes himself just the once and he uses the word, I am gentle and meek, or I'm humble and lowly. We, the church, are invited to be humble and lowly, to offer compassion in our world. And the mystery is that we find Christ in these places in the margins, in the forgotten places identified in the least. We discover Christ when we lay aside our wants, our desires, and love selflessly like the Samaritan. Dern, it was a young girl of about 10 years old, a neighbour who was part of our kids' club and who would often run and play in this courtyard, What's, which wasn't un, unusual, um, except whenever she ran, she always had to be holding someone. And in fact, she didn't do it as, all that often. It was only occasionally because Dern was born blind. Uh, Basically, her mother didn't want her um, when, when the mum was pregnant and tried to abort Dern, uh, resulting in Dern being born blind. So Dern primarily just sat on one of these seats at the front and and her life existed of just um, moving from that seat back home, which was like 50 metres away, and that was her world. Dern um, was part of our kids' club that we ran and she... Um, she would often come uh, when we went to the park where we would hire bikes. All the kids would, would scatter and uh, we'd say, look, there's got a meeting place back here in, you know, an hour where we'll have, have chicken and rice and, and whatever else. Now, Dern would sit on the back of Jody's bike or sit on the back of my bike um, and just 
delight in, in, in just being somewhere new, just feeling the wind in her hair, just enjoying the experience of getting out of the slum community. <clears throat> when the kids all came back, they had lunch, but then they went off and just played in this park where there was, it was a, it was a previously a golf course that had been turned into a park in, in, in Bangkok. So there was wide open spaces. And the kids would just play. And then we said to Duan, Duan, come on, let's, let's, let's run and play as well. And she was used to holding on to people. And she said, look, we can hold your hand and we can run with you. But you need to know there's nothing to be afraid of. You're not going to bang into anything. You're not going to crash into anything. And so she walked with us and, and was so tentative to let, let us go. But we assured her it's okay. Over, over what seemed like half an hour, Dylan, Dylan's heart began to melt and go, actually, I can do this. Dylan began to realise that she, she wasn't going to bang it into anything. She could be trusted. Eventually, she did let go. And she discovered what it was like to run without being afraid. She then started to do twirls and dance and enjoy the, the freedom that she'd never felt before. And it was a joy and a light and an image that we'll never forget of this young woman who was blind experiencing the freedom and the joy of, of, of and being able to dance. When we encounter the compassion of God in our own lives, or when we're people of compassion in the world, our hearts are melted. We are set free from our fears, from our self-importance, from our greed, from our, our need to be and do something in the world. And we are free by the warmth and the love and the grace of God's endless mercy and love. Ezekiel says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put in a new spirit. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. When did you last encounter the warmth and the love of God's love? When did you last encounter God's uh, endless compassion? When did you feel the, the, the hardness of your heart melting away? Being made soft and open and compassionate to a world. As Jesus said to the, to the expert in the law who asked these questions, Jesus says, now go and do likewise. Love. Love others. Be people of compassion. Go and do likewise in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.